0: Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm your host, Margaret Kiljoy, and this week I'm going to be talking to Dibs, who is a personal fitness trainer in Montreal. I'm going to be talking with them about personal fitness, obviously. I guess that's in the name of the episode that you clicked on. And they have a lot of really useful and concrete tips for how people with different relationships to their body can engage in in personal fitness and training. And of course, well, it's worth pointing out that this episode does come with a content warning. We do talk about eating disorders and we talk about relationships to eating and fitness and the way that they can become obsessive. So, and and that, that question is pretty clearly marked. It doesn't come out of the blue. This podcast is a proud member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts. And here's a jingle from another podcast on the network. da da da
1: Good morning, slaves.
0: Looking for relief from the steaming hot plate of bullshit served up on the daily by the mainstream media? Are you thirsting for solid and reliable information to escape the mind-numbing vortex of corporate news and Trump tweets? Are you ready to check out every time you hear Despacito
1: on the radio one more fucking time? Then tune your dial to Media
0: a mouth hub of infotainment and subversion that'll make you want to quit your job and join the motherfucking resistance. Dive into our newly designed website and gorge yourself on one of the 500-plus videos and audio tracks from our vast library of anarchist films, hip-hop, and riot porn, or choose from one of our original shows, like Trouble, Burning Cop Car, Ace for Anarchy, Video Ninja Reports, and The Stimulator. Fuck Netflix. Watch Sub.media. Okay, and um, Dibs, if you would like to introduce yourself with your name, which I guess I just said, and your pronouns and any, you know, what you do for work, any political or organizational affiliations that make sense with what you're going to be talking about today. Um, Also, maybe like your identity as relates to some of what you're going to be talking about today. Sure. So I'm Dibs. My pronouns are they, them.
1: Uh, I am a certified personal trainer or fitness instructor, some might call it. So I have my certificate three and four in um, group fitness and one-on-one training. Uh, I yeah identify as transgender um, and I have ADHD and I am sort of still recovering from an eating disorder. So I guess that's relevant to probably what will come up, maybe.
0: Yeah, that actually, that is a lot like... And That's actually something I'd love to talk to you about while we're talking about this is like food and our relationships to food. Um, so I wanted to have you on because I spent a while looking around. I was I wanted to get someone on who was a personal trainer. And of course, one of the problems with personal trainers, not personal trainers themselves, but the fitness industry is that it is um, very ableist, very centering of cis people, very centering of like thin people. Um, and also centering of the white experience and just has a lot of problems. And then you came highly recommended through our mutual friend, um, as a, as a personal trainer who, who specifically works to kind of counteract that stuff. And, and the reason I want to have someone on who's talking about personal, personal fitness, um, one, it's just sort of selfish. I'm like, oh, I'm getting older and I need to worry about this (laughs) stuff more, but you know, it's like, um, uh, Okay, it's a weird tangent to start with, but the first time I really <laughs> ever thought about this stuff was years ago, I was playing accordion in Amsterdam, and a friend of mine walked by, and he was this older, like, super tough anarchist guy. And, you know, maybe in his 40s or something, actually, he might have been much younger than that, but when you're young, everyone seems old. And and he said, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm playing accordion. And he said, and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm coming home from the gym. And I was like, why were you at the gym? Because I was an idiot. And he was like, well, because we want to have a revolution and we need to be stronger than the police. And I was like, shit, great answer. I have never thought about it from that point of view. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and, and that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from personally about a lot of like fitness goals. And I think that a lot of people are looking at this as the world becomes more conflictual, they might be more interested in personal fitness or as the world gets a little crazier, they might be more interested in personal fitness. Um, would you be able to talk about your own experience of where you're coming from about personal fitness and kind of what got you engaged with it?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I've always been an active kid. Uh, I definitely have a uh, you know, well, sim- symptom of ADHD. You Just have many hobbies. Try all the things. <laughs> like as a child in like primary school, I-, I did everything from like tap dancing to soccer to softball to netball to um, guitar lessons. Like I always had like something that made me need to want to move. Um, And then, so I played team sports for a while. um, And then when I left school and I became an adult, uh, that's sort of when I looked at the gym for exercise. And at the same time of leaving school is when I started to think about my gender. And Mm -hmm. I've spoken about this to many people with like how my sort of gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia, very much intertwined and so I don't know you know what led me more down the path of wanting to lift weights and stuff Mm -hmm. um but you know wanting having being transgender and wanting to change your body before I started HRT and before I had top surgery or anything like the my my only option or what I saw was to to train. So I started doing weightlifting, um, and then my my dad passed away when I was nineteen from heart disease um, suddenly just one night. Uh, I went to bed and didn't wake up, oh, and God. that scared me.
0: yeah,
1: uh, and I was like, well, I you know I want to live longer than forty four, maybe. I mean, yeah, <laughs> now I'm not so sure but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I was like, okay, well, these are the things that that led to that for him. What can I do to change my lifestyle? and um yeah, and then I've i I've, I went from. From gym to gym, and I've done the fad you know, lose nine kilos in six weeks. I've done those dumb challenges a couple times, and I've done, you know, and then I became a personal trainer and I found a gym to work at. And that was a whole that's a big story (laughs) in itself. It was very culty and Mm -hmm. so toxic and weird and straight and suburban. um, Suburban, sorry. But uh, yeah, so that's sort of where my journey my fitness journey in a nutshell.
0: No, that makes sense. And it brings up a a ton of things that I'm really (laughs) curious to ask you about because I've, I've had some of those same experiences of like, um, you know, when I would go and study martial arts, I would go and study martial arts, like, like, hello, fellow cisgendered men. And like, (laughs) it would never really work, you know, like people couldn't quite figure out what to make of me. And usually I didn't get along very socially. And in any of the martial arts gyms that I've, I've trained in, um, so for listeners who are just starting to want to get into personal fitness, I guess where where do you begin? And and uh, I know that obviously, like hiring you, for example, would be a good way to start, but that isn't going to be available for everyone. And um, you know, like how do you begin? How do you assess where you're at? How do you how do you start? what building a program that works for you. Yeah. It's
1: a, it's tough. Like I think the, the overwhelm is in, is in the choice because anyone can go on the internet and look up, you know, home workout program or three day home workout program Mm -hmm. or whatever. And there's so much free stuff out there. That's just copy and paste cookie cutter BS that like could work for some people, but it's not going to work for the majority of people. Um, So I guess like, start there's a lot there's so much on social media right now that's for queer people and for people of all different bodies and abilities um especially like on youtube as well you can find little communities uh of people who are of various abilities and and um various backgrounds showing what you can use with just your body or like very cheap pieces of equipment so you know using the internet is great but then where do you start (laughs) and then if that's overwhelming you i guess like if you've done something in the past and you've sort of fallen off the wagon, you can go back to that thing. So like, did you used to cycle? Did you used to swim? Did you used to play team sports? What about that sport did you like, or what muscle groups did you like working the most, you know, like was it your agility and your hand-eye coordination if you're playing tennis and mm-hmm. what can you sort of relate that to? That's another thing that you can start practicing if you don't necessarily have a tennis court anywhere where you live in, yeah. you know? Um, so it's like, you have to, be start slow and be really um, kind to yourself to not uh, expect too much too soon. And the the act of just making something a small uh, habit that you maintain through you know half the year a year is is an, a massive goal and a massive achievement in itself. Um, so you know if you don't know if you really want to learn how to squat or do a push up, you can. There are so many articles on working your way up to a push-up or working your way up to a chin-up or something like that. Um, Everything can be broken down into much smaller steps in fitness. Mm -hmm. But my sort of um, mantra is what I I like to promote to everyone is is joyful movement and you find the movement that brings you joy and you're going to do it. And it's not going to be like that daunting task that hangs over your head.
0: So rather than like, you know, screaming i'm doing this for sparta and then doing like (laughs) 50 push-ups every morning or whatever like
1: yeah yeah like (laughs) because yeah i know like so many people are like oh i just do 20 push-ups and 50 sit-ups before i go to bed every night and that's like my mom says that she's like i do my 20 sit-ups before bed and like 20 squats and that's how i'm gonna keep my belly fat away and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) like you don't um, and that's not fun for her. Like, she mm-hmm. doesn't like doing it. She just thinks it's what she has to do to look hot for her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, like you, but now she plays, or oh, well, before the pandemic, she played adult uh, um, all gender soccer. Mm-hmm. And so she, that was what she was fun, what she thought was fun. Cause she played with some people from that she worked with. So she got to see her work colleagues. She got to, you know, have fun in a, in a non-competitive team sport environment like yeah basically I, I mean I know even if we are doing this for serious business because we want to you know fight off police and survive the apocalypse you can still while the world is <laughs> still have fun <laughs> mm-hmm. find the thing that brings you joy and you know make light of it because that's the only way you're going to commit to it before the end times when you're like, Oh shit, (laughs) you'd rather be prepared. This is the whole point. Yes. We're preparing now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's actually, that's really interesting because I, you know, um, before COVID and things like that, I would, I would, um, I would go boff. I would run around in a park with foam swords and shields. And actually it turns out that learning how to fight with sticks and shields is way more of a life skill than I expected. But, um, (laughs) but you know, Uh, that's not happening right now because of COVID and a lot of like team or group exercise stuff obviously isn't happening right now. And what are some ways that people can find joyful movement in isolation or in greater isolation?
1: Yeah. So I guess if, if you're one of those people who is really just not leaving your house at all for um, unless, you know, you need groceries or even then you just, getting someone else to send you stuff and you're stuck at home. I've been uh, leading online aerobics dance classes, which are quite fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, if you can't find one of those and you don't know if the time's not good for you, like put on some music and dance because cardio is so important like your cardiovascular health health is gonna that's what's gonna help you run and keep running and not stop mm-hmm. so dancing for you know an hour non-stop like that is a hardcore workout <laughs> and people who have gone to raves i'm sure you know how sore your body is <laughs> the next day like c- dancing is really really good for you and it's gonna help you build stamina so that's one thing um just putting together a little routine at home is um quite easy i like to tell people there's a a form of of exercise routine called an AMRAP, as many rounds as possible. Mm -hmm. And so I say, you know, find five exercises that you know or you've been taught before, do 20 of them uh, all in a row as many times as you can in 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 25 minutes. So say you're doing uh, 20 squats, 20 push-ups, 20 mountain climbers, 20 burpees, 20 lunges, and then go back to the top of the list and keep going. Top of the list, keep going. Work your way through until your timer goes off on your phone, and boom, you've done a workout. Um, it's there's so many different ways that you can do it um, to keep you motivated and to to remove the thinking out of it. You don't have to make it complicated. It can be quite simple. Um, and you know, if you can't do push ups, do them on your knees. If you can't do knee push ups, lean against the wall and do them on the wall or the door until you build up your strength, mm, okay. and uh, or lean on your kitchen counter or your couch or something. Um, there's so many things you can do just at home, uh, to, you know, or, or follow along YouTube workouts. If you just type on YouTube, follow along workout, I know they're not the best. Cause they're always just demonstrated by people who are ripped in bikinis. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to try and put some out <laughs> online to, to, to try and show some diversity. Um, but you know, there's, there's different ways at home that you can find or like find your favorite person on, on the internet and. Copy what they're what they're putting out, uh, but yeah, like dancing is my favorite, and then creating your own routine and you know maybe put on a podcast while you're doing or, or put on music that you like and work for your 15 minutes and then you're done.
0: Okay, that makes sense to me. That's um, that's like stuff that I, I feel like on some level is like what I was like subconsciously drawn to when I was trying to mm. become more in shape was like oh I'll just I'll dance more you know while like working at a standing desk i'll like play music and then like walk away from the computer or something but then as i find myself being like no i must be serious about fitness instead i kind of find myself moving away from that kind of stuff and more back into the like you know i must do yeah 20 squats every morning or or whatever yeah (laughs) Um,
1: yeah it can come in whatever shape you want because even within dance, you know, if you're dropping it low, (laughs) you're doing a squat. Like there are many ways to do the, this typical, uh, fitness movements, like the, the, your, your, your patterns that you use, like a a push, a press, a squat, a deadlift. There are so many ways to do that, that are not like, uh, regimented and formal in, in everyday life. Like when you're cleaning or you're gardening, gardening Mm. is great exercise. As long as you keep good posture, um, and you're not hurting your back, like that's, that's another way to get those those movement patterns in
0: well so that's that brings up something that i think about a lot um most of my exercise at the moment uh, obviously everything about everything through the lens of myself but whatever um that's totally normal <laughs> um you know it's not like people listen to this um okay so like most of my exercise comes from um construction and building and crafting right um because i live you know in the woods alone and so Like, I feel like most of my exercise is like carrying heavy shit up the hill to my house. Right. And I often wonder to what degree I'm like getting exercise and to what degree I'm just like hurting myself. Um, And like when you're talking about gardening being good exercise, as long as you maintain good posture, like it seems like maybe that's useful across the board is like, where is the line between um, getting stronger and more fit and wearing yourself down?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a hard one, um, especially because if you're doing something out of necessity, like if you're building stuff and you need to get the materials, uh, you know, before it rains or whatever, like mm-hmm. you're you're not going to stop when it, when you've reached that limit. You're just going to keep going. So then you just have to know how to look after yourself afterwards. Like the line is different for everyone depending on, how you know, depending on what you've built up before and your are um, like, I love that that's how you get your exercise because I, I love functional fitness. I've been... <laughs> you know, rummaging through uh, curbside trash way more often than the last three months than I have in my entire life. And mm-hmm. I've been – I've found four cinder blocks in the last four weeks and I've carried them home like four blocks <laughs> to my house <laughs> because I wanted to make a bench seat out of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, you know – I, I've, by the third one that I found, I figured out the correct posture and the way to hold it that wasn't going to make my biceps feel like they're snapping off. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes it's trial and error, but uh, you know, and sometimes you pay for it afterwards and you just have to make sure you rest or stretch uh, correctly. But the, it is such a fine line between totally wearing yourself out. But I guess if you're doing something, uh, functional fitness wise, and it's taking you the whole day. Like, you know, people who do landscaping and they're just mm-hmm. slogging it out for six hours, eight hours all day. And a lot of them have bad backs, but mm. um, you, you, can, uh, you can avoid that if you're using the right tools. Like if you have things to help you lift and, and wheel things like a, a wheelbarrow or a dolly or whatever, um, you just have to make sure you're taking breaks uh, intermittently. Like think, stop and think, how am I holding this? Like, where's the weight? where can I feel the most strain? Is it in my back? Is it in my biceps? Is it in my core? You really want to feel things in your abs the most when mm-hmm. you're holding them rather than your back. And then, you know, if one bicep is straining more than the other, change if the, the bottom arm and the top arm so you're evening yourself out. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be more attuned to your body and take time and, and, and do a little scan and think, where am I feeling this? I know it's hard because when you're in the moment and you just want to get stuff done, you're not going to stop. But uh, I find that difficult as well. And then maybe when I get home, I realize that I, I was carrying it wrong. But mm-hmm. to, to people who have a much uh, better attention span than than me, <laughs> that's something that you can do is stop, scan your body. Where am I feeling this? Can I readjust? Can I change hands or, or, or change my stride somehow or change my posture? Do I lift it closer to my chest? Do I hold it down below my legs? do I lift it up above my head with my elbows locked out if it's light enough to, to give my back a rest? Um, there's, you just carry things in a different way each time to give different body parts the load.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I, I have, uh, there's sort of a joke that, you know, if you're like punk past 30, you have to like pick between your options and it's like CrossFit or knitting or whatever. You know? <laughs> and, um, I didn't pick either of those, I guess I picked <laughs> podcasting that's probably on there too. Um, and sometimes my friends who do deadlifts and stuff I'm kind of jealous because I'm like, "Oh, I should probably know how to do that really well because I like later today I'm gonna go have to drag my fifty pound generator to a different spot and hook it up to a twenty pound propane tank um to get enough power to you know edit this interview um <laughs> and I don't know. This is like cliche, right? But when I was like younger, I didn't really think about this stuff, and now I'm like, I always make sure I put down heavy things not on the ground, but at things at about waist level. Yeah, you know. Um, And am I like, am I doing myself a disservice by doing that? You know, like, (laughs) am I, am I reducing my ability to learn how to deadlift? I I don't know.
1: I think you're saving your back in the long term because especially like deadlifts are really good. They're an amazing full body exercise, but if you're having something with an awkward shape that prevents mm-hmm. you from doing it with the correct form, then it's not going to be good to do. So I think you're correct in, in putting it up higher. So you don't have to go all the way down if it's a, a weird shaped thing.
0: Okay, cool. Glad to, glad <laughs> to hear I'm, uh, my yeah. laziness is, is good. <laughs> no. um, you, you mentioned food and eating disorder stuff. Is that, a, is that okay to talk about? Yeah, we can dig into that. Um and you know content warning for anyone who's listening obviously um we'll talk some about eating disorder stuff and i know that that can be very hard for a lot of people um so how does one one of the things that i also worry about as i do this right um again to just use myself as the example for everything i didn't think a ton about food until i came out as trans and now i think about food way more than i would like to um just because of the way that my body puts on weight being in a sort of masculine way, right? And both the combination of aging and suddenly holding myself to like feminine beauty standards are is a, is a wonderful one-two punch to deal with. Um, but it's hard because I also want to become more fit, but I also really don't want to fall into what I can really easily see as um, disordered eating and just obsession about food. And I'm wondering how you manage or how you would recommend to people to manage dealing with fitness and as relates to food and how awful our society is about food and body image.
1: Yeah, it's pretty terrible because, uh, you know, the, a lot of the things out there are, are, are all about eliminating a certain
0: either food group or food source
1: or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's all about eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. So the way I reframe it is don't think about what to cut out, think about more about what you want to add to your diet to, to help you either feel fuller or to, to help you get the nutrients that you need so, you know, if you're a person that doesn't drink any water, start by adding an extra glass of water to your daily intake until that becomes a habit, then add another until you're drinking, you know, at least two to three liters a day. Um, yes, good job drinking your water. <laughs> so drink, uh... <laughs> <laughs> You
0: could
1: hear that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she takes a sip. Yeah, so, you know, a- adding, adding things like that. So it doesn't have to be food. It can be water. It can be... Um, you know, if you're someone that only eats two colors, brown and white, maybe <laughs> start adding a yellow thing or a green thing or a red thing to your plate. So, you know, add a sweet potato if you really hate vegetables. I know mushrooms are also black and white and brown, but <laughs> <laughs> they're a vegetable, so you can add mushrooms to your plate. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I used to hate, sal- I probably only started eating salad when I was like 18, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe 19. I used to never eat any vegetables and then I, I realized there's Certain ways that I like them cooked or prepared that will make me eat them more. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, add when I have now my bake, bacon and eggs for breakfast, I will put like a handful of baby spinach on top. And you know, the way that that tastes delicious is because it's smothered in bacon juice. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> the vegans no, out there, <laughs> but like that's how I deal with it, and that's how I add my vegetables in. So, so when you're thinking about like food and 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 uh eating for your body type, like there's a couple of Ted talks out there actually that are, that are titled, you know, the perfect diet or what is the perfect diet. And I, I quite like them. I watched them all because I wanted to see what they, <laughs> what dumb stuff they said, but mm-hmm. it was actually quite good because at the end they're all like the perfect diet is the one that feels the best for your body or like what makes you feel the best. Cause mm-hmm. the Mediterranean diet's not for everyone. Keto is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, intermittent fasting is just dumb. <laughs> um, unless, you know, unless you are experiencing food scarcity and then, you know, of course you're going to not eat for 12 hours and then you have your little mm-hmm. window of eating time or whatever. But, um, you know, a lot of us try all these things that were just not made for us. And instead of li- listening to what someone else is, is spouting on the newest Instagram trend of the newest juice cleanse or whatever, like just listen to your, your body more and think, okay do I feel bloated when I eat beans? Do I feel bloated when I eat dairy? Do I feel bloated when I eat this? Like, do I have diarrhea or gas? Mm-hmm. Or like, what is this food making me feel? I realize I get real gassy and I get an upset tummy when I have dairy. Mm-hmm. So I try and reduce that. Like it's, if you stop and stress is something that helps you hold weight too, that is, is, prevent you from hmm. from uh, digesting properly, right? Because you're in fight or flight, you're not gonna digest your nutrients and absorb them. So if you're if you're stressing less about, oh, I can't eat this or I can't eat that, and you're just um, you know, you're not being too hard on yourself, that's also going to benefit you because you're gonna be more calm. Um so I like to go at it thinking of what can I add? What's something easy, just one thing at a time to add to my routine, to add to my my grocery list or when I go out dumpster diving what's the ingredient i'm gonna add or you know add a new vegetable a week or whatever a new uh, legume or bean or whatever to try um if you need to color your plate and then pay attention to what foods make you feel like crap
0: okay i like that idea of the the adding instead of that's it's like one of those things that probably should have been obvious but i mean i spend a a not tiny amount of time like i mean i do the same thing that i think a lot of people do where i kind of go through, oh crap, I'm out of shape, I better go figure out what will suddenly make me better and then get into it for about three weeks and then drop it. And so mm-hmm. I've clearly, I've read a lot of fitness blogs and, and diet blogs and things like that as a result, and I, I haven't run across that and it seems so obvious. Um, one of the things, you, you brought up dumpstering and I was thinking about how I actually ate better back when I, I dumpster dove for more of my meals then when I stopped dumpstering, I stopped dumpstering personally because of anxiety. I have a lot of um, food anxiety issues. and But then what would happen is I, I didn't have much money, and it's really hard to prioritize greens. It's really hard to prioritize things with no caloric content to speak of, right? You know, when I if I have $8 to spend at a restaurant or something like that, there's no way that I'm buying the $8 salad. I'm buying the $8 burrito, you know? And it's interesting because that habit stayed with me after I no longer have the same like financial issues. Um, yeah, it was only very recently that I was like, I'm ordering a salad at a restaurant and it was very, it was a, it's a whole new world. (laughs) Delicious. (laughs) No, it was, it was good, but it was like, I still have kind of this like yeah, but if I'm paying at a restaurant, I want to be stupidly full. Like I want to I wanna yeah. look at the last bite of food and be like, can I do it, you know? And and I don't know, maybe that's just from like food insecurity. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm
1: like the opposite. I'm like, I'm paying for this salad. I must eat all of my vegetables. I have paid for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you mean about yeah you know, that habit and you want, you want to spend your money on what's going to make you feel the most full, which is totally... Mm-hmm. Fine. And uh so hot tip to anyone who has uh, minimal uh, income to spend on food and wants to feel full. Potatoes, white potatoes are the most satiating food on the planet. I'm sure you've spoken <laughs> this fact <laughs> probably many times. I haven't before.
0: Actually,
1: yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, well, fun fact. Most satiating food on the planet, like per gram what you put in your mouth is it fills you up more than anything else. So um you're I mean, they have a decent amount of of, of uh vitamins and minerals <laughs> in <laughs> them, but you know, you want to mix that up if you want to, like, uh, if you find potatoes or buy potatoes and then you find other green things like a zucchini or asparagus or, um, uh, bell peppers capsicums whatever you want to call them i call them capsicums (laughs) you north americans are very strange
0: peppers um (laughs) i was thinking that your accent didn't sound very canadian
1: (laughs) yes i'm from australia i now live in canada (laughs) mysterious um (laughs) um, so you know you can mix that potato with other things and then hopefully it still comes out tasting like potato because obviously that's going to be the most tasty thing in your meal but Mm. I like to just heat up a skillet, grate some potato and then grate some other veggies on top. And then you've got this big mishmash of delicious, mushy or crispy, depending on how you cook it, vegetables to put in your face hole. And, um, you know, it's, uh, so if you want something to feel full, like don't feel, be ashamed of not eating that many green things, but Mm -hmm. have your base, uh, you know, starchy carb that's going to make you feel full like beans or rice or potatoes or mm-hmm. pasta, and then throw some green things on top. Like it doesn't occur to many people when they're making pasta to do more than just the pasta and the sauce. Like you can throw baby spinach leaves in your sauce, or you can throw like chopped up asparagus or mushrooms or whatever other vegetable to like fatten it up, you know, mm-hmm. make it really chunky and uh, more filling. And then it, it, you'll, the the pasta w- won't sustain you for that long, but the vegetables will help you keep, uh, stay feeling fuller for longer. So you want to eat things that are full of fiber, right? That's what's going to make you full. Okay. If you go to like a, a juice bar um, and you know you order a, a, a tropical juice, whatever, they're going to put things through the juicer. They're going to re- remove the skin. And uh, you're basically getting like the sugar from three apples and a banana and a pineapple, half a pineapple or whatever. Um, and, and none of the fiber or or the really good chunky nutrients that are going to fill you up. If you actually eat physically eat an apple and bite into it, you can't eat more than like one and a half, two apples max before you feel like you're going to explode because you're super full because you're getting all the fiber and you're getting the gut, like the guts of it. You're getting the meaty part of the fruit. So it's, it's uh, that's another hot tip is don't juice things. Like you want the skin, you want the flesh. That's what's going to fill you make you feel full. Okay.
0: Yeah, I like that it seems like a lot of food stuff comes down to like eating simpler, like not eating like less things, but eating like not like raw food, but like closer to like less I don't know, less processed. Less processed, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know it's not easy for everyone uh, to find that to do the you know no pro- processing. Like some people mm-hmm. want to get a two dollar burger from In and Out Burger or A and W or whatever, and because that's what they have access to and that's what's going to be their meal for the day, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. like, if you uh, you know dumpster diving or you have a local uh, grocer or a local uh, farm uh, uh, veggie and fruit uh, distributor down the road from you, and you want to spend a couple bucks, like that's the best way to do it is like the closer um the the the, the less stages from from earth to you to your mouth the better you are right if it's fallen off a tree it's grown from the ground it's come straight off an animal's back like eat it fantastic it's going to fill you up and it's going to be cheaper than if you've gotten something that's been picked from a tree uh put on a truck gone to a factory mm-hmm. run on a conveyor belt four times got put in packaging got on another another truck and onto a shelf and then into your hand um, you're going to be paying more for it and you're going to be getting less uh, less nutritional benefit from it, the
0: thing. Okay. Um, so in in the meals that you're describing, which are very similar to the meals that I eat, but they don't have a lot of protein in them as far as I can tell. And I'm yeah. curious your take on the, um, you know, I ran across the idea that you're supposed to eat, what, half your body weight in protein every day or something? <laughs> uh, well, not half it's- your body weight pounds <laughs> yeah. to-
1: you, yeah, there's a formula where you measure grams, your body weight yeah. and then divide it by uh, two, and then there's uh, you times that by 0.8 grams, mm-hmm. and that's the amount of protein that you, that is a minimum, quote-unquote, minimum intake. And that's, you know, if you're, like, lifting weights, if you're training. Um, so obviously it's going to be different depending on your, uh, your hormones because mm-hmm. estrogen and testosterone do affect us differently and how our body... Uh, Um, deals with proteins and how it synthesizes muscle and stuff like that. So it's going to change depending on your hormones. It's going to change depending on your, on your weight, how much of your weight is muscle, how much of your weight is fat, what exercise you're doing. So like those calculators are sort of helpful for trainers as a base level. So you can look at your client and, and, but then you have to put in all these other factors Mm -hmm. uh, around that. So I'd say for the average person looking at that calculation, don't worry about it. We, we, there's so much protein. Like I, I'm, I'm not uh, advocating veganism or vegetarian or vegetarianism or being carnivore or whatever, like whatever you have access to, it's great. I've tried so many different diets. Like I've tried Mm -hmm. all of those things. And right now I just eat what I can get my hands on and what's cheap Um, because that's what works for me. But uh, you can get, you know, there's so much protein in a handful of spinach or, um, or, uh, like, you know, uh, peanut butter or, Mm -hmm. um, eggs, eggs are protein and fat. So if you just survive on, on eggs, like I used to have a five egg omelet every morning. (laughs) Um, like if you can get your hands on meat, you don't need that much. Like I used to, when I was doing like that stupid lose nine kilos in six weeks challenge, like what Mm -hmm. we're eating every day was like 160 grams, 180 grams of cooked meat. So like once God, the water has all been uh, removed, like 180 grams cooked meat and then two cups of veggies for three meals a day. And then, yeah, of course you're going to get thin because you're not like eating and there was like no carbs. So were like, you yeah. can have like a, a pinky sized um, pile of mashed potato or whatever. Like that's, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you're going to get skinny if you're not eating any carbs and, and you're, and you're in a calorie deficit. So, um but you can survive on not much protein and you can also build muscle on not much protein like there are so many vegan bodybuilders out there and vegan athletes um and you can there are many sources of of protein and i think we don't get taught enough about where our food comes from and what's in our food in in school um you know i i, I think there was a um a video a viral video that went around to uh, of, of kids being asked, you know, where does the potato come from? Or where does this nut come from? And they couldn't tell you whether it was a tree, the ground, or, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like the shop, I don't know. So I think we, it's definitely important to learn more about food and what, what macronutrients are, what micronutrients are. So macros are your protein, fats, and carbs, micronutrients, all the vitamins and minerals that are inside the food as well. So it's important to learn about that and to know, uh, what you're getting from each different thing, because you need like you know, life's all about balance. You want and and your body craves variety. That's why you know when you stuff yourself silly with your main meal, your brain's like, hey, you still got a room for dessert mm-hmm. because that's a different uh, different uh, nutrient for your body to absorb. It's sugar, so you've mm-hmm. just filled yourself up with you know um, some some vitamin A, some vitamin C, some carbohydrates, like blah, 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 and then your body's like, hey, but you haven't had the, that sugary, uh, milky thing over there. Like, That's why we, we can still eat something different when we feel so full because your body knows that you need a variety of different nutrients to keep yourself going, and it sees the benefit in all of them. So, uh, you know, uh, eating as many different things as you can is always better than uh, this is my f- one food that I eat every day all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's something that I'm very bad at and I have inherited being very bad at. At one point, um, my dad, who I don't think listens to this podcast, I'm not sure, um, went to the doctor and was like, I don't feel good. And the doctor was like, what do you eat? And my dad explained exactly what he eats. And the doctor said, every day? <laughs> my dad was like, yeah. You know, it was a very carefully thought out thing. It wasn't like he wasn't eating junk, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> I have a a similar habit that I I have to fight the desire to just eat the same thing um, every day.
1: <laughs> well, cause it's easy, right? Like that's yeah. why a lot of people do it. And I used to do it and, yeah. and a lot of people with anxiety do it too, because it's something that you can control and, you know, it doesn't make your stomach stomach upset. You know, mm-hmm. you can be full on it. Um, yeah. Do you, how many meals do you have a day? Uh, two and a half. More in the afternoon or do you like wait a bit after you wake up?
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, so (laughs) I eat a Builder Bar for breakfast or some other protein bar, Um, um, which is another long-standing habit of sloth, I guess. (laughs) And then uh, for lunch, you know, or sometimes a bowl of cereal or something. And then for lunch, I'll eat – if I'm feeling fancy, I'll cook, like, you know, potatoes and and some greens or something, but usually it'll be – I don't know, oatmeal or something like that for lunch. Yeah. And then dinner is like the meal that I'm like, I I, I can't be fucked to cook. And the worst thing about, um, well, I can't be fucked to cook for myself. Like I, right. I enjoy cooking with other people, but I have a very hard time convincing myself that like I'm worth the effort of like, taking an hour out of my day like three times in one day um (laughs) yeah just to like eat food when there's this packaged thing that will make me not hungry (laughs) that says it has all the things i need Mm. in it um and obviously this is sustainable for the long term oh (laughs) (laughs) well that's where like uh you know, speaking of long-term prepping, Mm
1: short-term prepping comes in handles handy. So like, you know, cooking uh, more rice than you need and then having it in the fridge. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have rice as your side for the next three or four days with your dinner. Or Mm -hmm. when you make a big salad or you make a big tray of roasted vegetables in the oven, make enough so you have... You know enough for your sides for the next three or four days, so that's something that you can do to help combat the the time spent that so then it's like, okay, this one day I'll spend an hour or an hour and a half prepping, and then tomorrow, the next day, the next day, I'm gonna thank myself because all I'm gonna have to do is put it warm it up somehow or eat it cold, and it's done.
0: That makes sense that um it's also a reason that I need to expand my solar bank to get a freezer um yeah. At the moment, I have a very small fridge. And because it's winter, I don't even really successfully have a fridge because there's not enough solar power. So now I have a cooler on my porch, which is perfectly good for (laughs) vegetables. But I don't know whether I would trust cooked rice to it. I'm not sure.
1: Maybe okay. I've always wondered that because it doesn't get that, that cold in Australia. So I've come here and I'm like, wow, my outside is colder than my fridge. Do I, do I need a fridge? Can I, <laughs> can I rent out my fridge in winter to someone else and just use outside for myself?
0: <laughs> yes. But then it's harder to keep it from freezing. You know, it's, it's the cooler on my porch is actually at the moment it exists to keep my stuff from freezing, not to keep my stuff right. from freezing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Interesting um but yeah like it's then it becomes hard because if you don't have storage space or you know Mm -hmm. if you live with a bunch of roommates it's hard to put put things in a fridge um for yourself but yeah you just have to pick pick Mm -hmm. the thing that's small and easy to put in a little container and just pick one thing to prep that's that takes the longest time and then cook the other thing the day of
0: or whatever but uh no that makes sense yeah um so you you talked about how our, how hormones affect your body differently, right? Or yeah. different hormones will affect bodies differently. And I was wondering if you could talk about that because I think that um, a lot of people who are listening are, uh, are trans or have other reasons why they take hormones or hormone blockers. And um, and not all trans people take hormones. I I actually personally don't take hormones. Um, and and I, I'm wondering if you could talk about how different hormone hormonal systems affect. Your decisions about fitness and and how to how to work to the advantages of of any given um, hormonal system.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I've also trained uh, myself uh, before I started testosterone, and I was training when I was on testosterone, and now I'm off it again, and so I've experienced what training is like with all the different hormones, <laughs> hormonal combinations. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, testosterone will turn you into a furnace and so you're burning, uh, calories a lot quicker, um, men than, than someone who, who runs on estrogen. Um, you're, uh, you build muscle a lot quicker as well. Um, you know, lucky bastards, <laughs> but, uh, Uh, So you need more food generally. So someone on testosterone is going to have a higher caloric intake to just maintain. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's uh, going to be easier to put on muscle, but the actual training, um, regime or like the exercise selection Mm -hmm. should be exactly the same. You shouldn't have any need to, to do a specific type of exercise or type of training because of your, your, your hormones. Um, a lot of that's why I think it's such BS to put like gender on intake forms for gyms or trainers or whatever because, like, it actually doesn't affect the training that much. Mm-hmm. If you're giving someone nutritional advice, yes, you're going to need to know that. But for the exercise prescription, we can pretty much do the same thing, um, depending on your time available and your energy levels. You're just maybe going to be lifting a different weight depending on how much experience or how much practice you put in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I hate that. Standard uh, barbells now. Standard Olympic barbells are are categorized into the men's barbell and the women's barbell because they have oh a five God. kilo difference weight difference. Lord, and you know just- if you've like it's so silly because if you ever watched like you know a CrossFit competition, those women very strong, yeah, <laughs> can probably lift more than a lot of cis men, yeah, um, <laughs> who don't work out. So like, really, strength depends on how much. Time you put into it, like if you're someone that's lifting a lot, doesn't matter what hom- hormone makeup you have. Strength is is about your body weight and you know how much practice you put in. So that's why like power lifting competitions are broken up into weight classes. Cause mm-hmm. it's all about your power to weight ratio. Uh, it's not fair if you know, a 300, 300 pound person, um, is, uh, is, is lift is lifting against a 500 pound person because mm-hmm. they're going to have just different power to weight ratios naturally, no matter how much they practice. Um, uh, so as a, you know, as a trans person, even as a cis person, you don't have to worry about, uh, what trainings for men and what trainings for women or what trainings for people on testosterone or not, um, it is, does affect, you know, the amount of calories you're burning at rest and and it'll it'll affect your, uh, your progress timeline a little bit, but you don't really have to take that into consideration when choosing your exercise. Like I always say, the perfect exercise is the one that you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the one that, uh, doesn't injure you. So if you're like, Oh, I must do this specific type of training, but you're on the couch every day because you're dreading doing high intensity workout. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's not the one for you. Cause you're sitting on your ass. If you're like, f yeah, I'm going to do, um, boxing today. Cause I love boxing. Like I'm going to do some sparring or some shadow boxing and you get up because you're, that excites you. Then that's the exercise that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like hormones are really such a small player and, like they choose, they decide where your body fat is, is the biggest thing that they do. (laughs) Right. So like if you are a trans person, not on hormones and you want to make your chest look bigger, then you're going to just do exercises that work out your chest. Mm -hmm. If you want to make your ass look fatter, you're going to do exercises that, that target your butt. Mm -hmm. You cannot target where fat comes off your body that's just not a thing we can decide Mm -hmm. as human beings it just happens randomly just depending on your genetics but you can decide where you target the the muscle growth because you do exercises for those muscles and the surrounding muscles the surrounding like assisting muscles
0: okay yeah one time i was um before i came out as trans even to myself but i you know was maybe one of the first really obvious signs i was uh I was doing weightlifting and I stopped because I started having veins in my arms, Yeah, you know, like muscle, like in my like veins sticking out of my muscles or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, that is not an acceptable thing for me. I would definitely (laughs) rather be a little bit weaker than have um, my veins popping out. Um, And so I just stopped weightlifting. Probably should have just started eating more fat. Maybe I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't really the. I mean, okay, so that actually ties into something that I want to I wanna bring up is that, and I guess I've been kind of trying to, in the same way that obsessing about food can be really bad, it, it does also seem like obsessing about fitness can be really bad. When I think about, um, personally, probably the time that I was physically healthiest was the time that I was mentally the least healthy, where I was incredibly obsessive about what I ate and about exercising, but it was absolutely obsessive. Um, and I'm wondering if you have ideas about uh, preventing preventing fitness from being obsessive and like maybe like like understanding like realistic goals or something. I don't I don't quite know how to phrase what I'm trying to get at.
1: Um, well, it's that's a hard one because you know that's what happened to me, and I don't know if there was any way to prevent it. But it's at some point, you catch yourself, and I think it's just one of those rock bottom moments where you're like, okay, yeah, this is a problem. I'm. I'm, you know, because I had the a similar thing to you is when I was at my physically, physical peak and I thought I was looking great and I was training all the time and, but I was obsessing over what I was eating. Like I ended up going to hospital with a, a stress, a uh, stress condition that affects my guts. Mm. <laughs> and I had, I was at a, a festival over New Year's and I missed the, the countdown. I missed the New Year's Eve party because I was in like excruciating pain and couldn't get out of bed because I had like an, a, a, a a gastro uh, problem of like cramping, like all in my entire torso. It was like terrible because um, I was eating um, the wrong makeup of food, and I was literally just stressed all the time because I was. Uh, it was I was also working a really intense, demanding job, but mm-hmm. which was in a gym, um, and so you have to have that moment where you're like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I've missed this socialization with my friends, or I'm not going to parties, or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stressing about pre-packing food to a wedding because I don't know what they're going to serve. Like when you get to (laughs) that point, Uh like seriously, like that's what I was doing. Like (laughs) I was, you know, you don't want to go out because you know, there's going to be cake and someone's going to offer you at the end Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to deny it, like say no, like you shouldn't get to that point. And that's when, you know, things have gone too far. So like, I mean, it is really hard to avoid that, but you need to just go in, go into any sort of exercise routine or, or nutritional change thinking that or knowing that it could be a, a sustained thing or maybe you're going to try this and it's not going to be for you and that's okay and it's totally fine to not have fitness, you know, not have your life revolve around fitness because, like, I like to come at it as a holistic thing like fitness is not going to work on its own if you're smashing yourself in the gym six days a week or you know Mm -hmm. you're going for runs every day or you're doing your home workout six seven days a week that itself is not going to help you holistically if you're then not sleeping because you're stressed or you're not sleeping because your body is ruined um, because of all the work you're doing you're not hydrated you're not stretching um you're not uh you, you just can't be calm because your heart rate's always elevated because you're always moving or, you know, uh, cooking or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, it has to be a holistic thing for your body to be working properly and for you to make it sustainable. So if, if something's always going to give, you know, if you're sacrificing too much for this fitness lifestyle or this diet that you're following, it's not going to be sustainable and then it's going to cause you problems in the long term. So you want to think about, okay, well, I'm smashing all this protein powder and all these like supplements all the time. What about when your like liver gives out later? Or what if you know you end up getting uh, heart disease or you have a heart attack because you're always stressed? Like mm-hmm. you have to think about long term what's going to put the least amount of stress and 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 strain on your on your body and your internal organs.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've always found. It's funny because I end up using like muscle building, for example, as an analogy when I think about different the way that different systems work. About you know, as far as I understand it, you need to like work out the muscle group until you damage it a little bit, but not a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, in order to to trick your body into building it back stronger, and it seems like. Uh, a lot of mental health stuff for me has been that way, where like, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, the behavioral aspects of it, with like exposure therapy will be like, we well, you expose yourself to the thing that makes you anxious, but not go overboard with it, right? Because if you go overboard with it, you just make it worse. And, and that's how exercise feels like, is like, you know, you could be like, oh, well, I need to get stronger so you could just damage yourself versus like. Mm. I don't know it's it's an analogy I use for way too much of my life <laughs> I like it
1: no it's good yeah you you need a, you need to challenge yourself a little bit but not too much yeah know, I guess that
0: um so one of the things that I want to talk to you about because I, I think that one of the things that I've run into a lot when I talk about you know the end of the world and, and fitness and obviously I as anyone who's listened to many episodes of this podcast knows I'm not necessarily talking about like the nukes drop and everyone runs around in Mad Max cars or whatever. But actually, (laughs) you know, I'd I'd argue that we're dealing with a version of the apocalypse right now um, in that it is the, the possible death throes of a, a system that has currently sustained some of us and not others of us. But a lot of people feel like anything that talks about like disaster preparation excludes them because of especially disability. And also things around fitness, I feel like tie into both disability and like sizeism, And I, I really want to like separate out the two because I don't believe that size is like a disability, you know, like being fat or yeah. whatever. Um, but both of those things seem to come up a lot in, in fitness discussions. And I'm wondering if you have opinions about how to, how to navigate this, how to navigate fitness from the perspective of someone who's been, basically told fitness isn't for them or feels personally that fitness might not be for them. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And that's something I'm really passionate about. And I'm trying to um, get more into with the content that I'm putting out on, on my social media channels is, is to target those audiences who feel like, you know, the fitness industry is against them. But there, there is, you know, there's a tiny, mini, little fitness uh, industry revolution happening right now, and there are so many people uh, in my in my circles who I follow who are who are fat trainers, who are um, trainers with disabilities, who are, um, you know, or, or who are then um, specifically targeting those minorities and saying like, this is for you, this is your time, like. Mm-hmm. You can do this. We can all do it together, and it's not that hard to change. You know, if you have a class of people of different abilities or different sizes, like it's not hard to accommodate those uh, that mixed group as a trainer. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a lot of trainers, to be fair, like these days, you know, a lot of uh, degrees you just pay for, right? So it's not hard to be a personal trainer. There are so many people out there who are a fitness professional. <laughs> Like you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, so a lot of them don't know. They don't have the ability. They haven't been taught, or they haven't tried to think for themselves. How do I include these t- other types of people in my class? So then, um, you know, a few people from those minorities have gone and gotten their certification and have been, you know, the the role model for for everyone else. So mm. I I like to, um, yeah, say that I, I my my tagline for my business is fitness for everybody, as in every space body all bodies mm-hmm. um, because we can all do it and it's and uh, those people who, who identify as fat or uh, who have disabilities um, you should be able to go to a coach and 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 you know ask them to help you make a program or to train you um, and if they're you know if they're generally uh, scared or whatever like that's on them um, they they don't they don't know that they don't have to have this special uh, knowledge or extra degree or whatever, like you can help people just the same. It's not that hard. Um, and so, people with, with various abilities like <laughs> come at me, come find me, uh-huh. because I will happily train you all. Um, there are so many. There are so many people that, that you can find these days on social media who are, who are giving specific exercises for you. But if you want to do something for yourself. Um, you know, if if you're um, a person who identifies as fat, then uh, you know basically you train yourself the same as any um, uh, you know off the rack sized uh, person would train themselves. Like uh, you just need to to see like when you're feeling out of breath or you feel dizzy, or you feel faint, you feel like you're going to puke. Mm-hmm. Stop, obviously. Like it's the same for everyone. Um, if you know, have a rest day, but I like to say when you're starting off, you know, train every second day. So have an on-day, off-day, on-day, off-day. Um, on your off-day, still try and move. If you're feeling sore, your bustle, your muscles need blood flow and oxygen to the area to feel better, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of just sitting on the couch and watching Netflix because your muscles are hurting, do some housework, do some vacuuming, do some sweeping, wash your windows, uh, do some light stretching, yoga, Pilates, anything like that. Um, uh, for people with uh, various abilities, like if you have a limb difference, there are special attachments you can get to like, um, cable machines or, uh, um, bands, um, that you have at home that Mm -hmm. can go around your limb in a different way. So you don't have to hold like a handle. Um, if you're a paraplegic, there are so many chair workouts that you can do with dumbbells or bands or medicine ball or whatever. Um, there are, you know, if you're and then as well, if you're a tetraplegic or a quadriplegic, you can have like uh, special gloves for your hands um, that help you hold on to dumbbells or a weight, um, a handle for a cable machine uh, if you don't have any grip strength. Um, so you can still use the strength of your your triceps and your traps to help pull the weight. Um, there are so many things out there um, that, are, that are catered for people of various disabilities because, mm-hmm. you know, because of physiotherapy or um, occupational therapists um, that, have, that have figured this out. And there are so many different accessories that you can buy and even different workouts that you can do without these special accessories that probably, you know, don't, aren't cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to be more creative yourself or find a trainer who's willing to be creative. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's totally possible. I know it feels hard and inaccessible, but there's so much stuff you can do at home Um, and like, it might feel boring or repetitive, but it's going to help you in the long term, and like doing a certain set of exercises or like a routine for about four weeks is actually quite good. Like if you're doing the same thing for a month, that's how your muscles are going to learn the movements. That's how they're going to get stronger. And you're going to build strength in that area. If you're doing like a different workout every day, you're not going to build the strength because it's like, if you play the guitar and you're trying to learn a different song, you're playing like a different Mm. song every day. You're never going to finish that one song, you know?
0: Ah shit my ADD doesn't like this um, <laughs> that actually explains a lot about my like various failures with various fitness programs yeah
1: I mean i have got ADHD too yeah. and I'm a coach and I do not stick to a program like
0: yeah.
1: like that doesn't work for me but I keep active every day and I mm-hmm. cycle as my main form of transport so like
0: yeah you know
1: I have my ways and <laughs> it is beneficial to do the same sort of thing mm-hmm. but it you know ADHD, whatever, <laughs> like, just keep moving. Yeah. That's my advice.
0: I mean, there's clearly stuff that I, I do every day, right? You know, I, <laughs> I eat every day. Um, yeah. That might be about it. That's the only thing I do every day. Um, that's not true. <laughs> I really like what you're saying about, it's interesting how, you know, the answer to my question about like, um, size and disability is so similar to the question about transness and things like that. I'm, it's really interesting that it seems like these are definitely more social problems than physical problems. You yes. Know? When you're like, oh no, you could just have people with different levels of ability in the same class because the, the concepts are just the same and everyone is of course going to deal with different things differently. Um, yeah. that's really interesting to me. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not surprising, but it's like, it's nice to hear it articulated. One of the, um, okay. What about injury? Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, I, I, uh, at some point again, just to, everything revolves around me. Um, the, you know, at, for several years, I, I had a, a fairly serious chest injury of costochondritis or whatever, mm-hmm. and, um, I couldn't do the body weight exercises that I was used to. And I basically like, that's kind of like when I fell out of my like everyday fitness. Uh, And for a while, I couldn't carry things for several years. I had a very hard time like carrying things. And my experience, and I'm just kind of curious whether basically this like hypothesis that I had in my head is true I was I was I always kind of looked down on gym machines because they isolate muscle groups instead of like you know free weights or body weight that like you know more simulates real world exercise or whatever. And it seemed to me that it was actually only using uh, gym equipment that I was able to eventually like kind of DIY physical therapy my my chest by like I think building the muscles around the injured one so that I kind of got a break. Is that a a reasonable hypothesis and like, is there like a general sense of how people hold on to fitness through injury?
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's a great thing that you did. I mean, those, those machines all have their purpose. Um, you know, you have the fixed machines, cable machines, free weights, barbells, etc. Um, mm-hmm. And they're really good for targeting that specific area and then making sure the rest of your body is not moving. So, you know, um, your, your form, basically, is, it's hard to stuff it up because mm-hmm. you're sitting in a chair, you're on the machine, you're only moving the part of your body that you need to move. So I think they're very helpful for people who aren't sure about their form and still want to go to the gym um, and still want to do some sort of routine, but they don't want to hurt themselves doing free weights. So that's one re- reason to use those machines. The other thing is, yeah, what you did—you want to isolate those muscles that you're trying to strengthen. You could also do the same thing, like if you go to physiotherapist, they'll mm-hmm. give you those little thin uh, rubber bands, those stretchy bands. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but. Mm-hmm. So you can do the same thing with like TheraBands and um, uh, loop little loop resistance bands at home um, to, to do like, you know, rehab or prehab um, act- activations or activities on those muscles. So people who have an injury, like I would say if you've got an upper body injury, so say your chest or your shoulder, don't completely stop doing upper body exercise and only working out your legs or whatever, because you have to move keep the area moving. Otherwise it's just going to stiffen up more over time. So you have to find the range of motion that still works for you. So say you can't lift overhead, but you can press and you can pull. You mm-hmm. want to do those things as long as they still feel good. If you're feeling like a more than a, a six out of 10, like dull ache or, <laughs> or pain in the area, probably don't do that thing. Mm-hmm. If it's just like a little bit tender or you just hear like a clicking, or you can feel like a flicking, but it's not stabby keep moving, just go really slow. Um, but you can definitely rehab your own exercises without much professional help. You just have to pay attention to your body. And if it hurts, don't do it, but still move it as much as you can in the range of motion that is available to you at the
0: time. Okay. The idea of uh, going to a physical therapist is like, so beyond what I, you know, my, my understanding of what's available to me as a, um, yeah. as a United Statesian, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how someone would do that. And that's, that's almost certainly not true. There's, you know, obviously many people do go to physical therapists um, and physical therapists do very important work. And, and <laughs> I'm not trying to be dismissive of that. It's just, you know, access to healthcare is obviously a, <laughs> yeah, an uncertain different. thing for myself and much of the audience. Um, so it's, it's, we've been talking for about an hour, but I, I wanted to ask about what someone should look for in a personal trainer or a gym. As kind of one of the last questions.
1: Yeah, I love that question. I literally just made an f- Instagram post about what not to look for yesterday. Oh, so good. <laughs> okay, what should someone
0: not look for? That's actually always more fun, anyway. Like, what should. Yeah,
1: some- so um, I just made a post called the, uh, you know, red flags uh, to look out for when you're choosing a gym or a personal trainer. Um, and basically, yeah, there's a lot of marketing lingo that's used to target people who are vulnerable and to target our insecurities um, to make us feel like we need that gym or we need that trainer, and they're basically they're giving you false promises. So, like, if they're saying like lose, they've got a big you know flag outside their store that says lose. 10 kilos in five weeks or whatever, Mm -hmm. like don't go there (laughs) because A, you can't guarantee that someone's going to do that. And B, that's a very unhealthy amount of weight to lose in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So probably (laughs) don't go to that one. Um, If they're saying uh, we have this class that targets belly fat, or we have this class that's guaranteed to burn 800 calories an hour, like that's false information. Mm -hmm. You can't guarantee that. Also, like I said earlier, you can't target where fat comes off from. It just mm-hmm. happens in in various areas for, depending on your genetics and your luck. Um, if they're saying, you know, bounce back from your baby belly, you know, postnatal class, <laughs> like – you don't have to focus on fat loss, fat loss after having a baby. You need to focus on like strengthening your joints again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like if you have a, if you have a ab separation or something like that, like you need to obviously recu- repair and recover from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so you don't, yeah, don't look for people who are doing, who are making outlandish claims. Um, what you should look for. Um, you should make sure when you speak to the trainer or the coach or the, the intake person at the gym, that they're asking you, like questions about what injuries have you had? Um, do you have any conditions I should know about? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your previ- previous exercise experience or what do you like to do? Like they should be really interested in your background your um, and, you know, your your injury history and any any special needs that you have to, to be catered for because they should care about that. They should be worried about injuring you again or they should be um, careful about, you know, if you've had a trainer before and they've, done xyz that you liked or you didn't like they either want to recreate they want to recreate the things that you liked and they want to make sure they're not doing the things that you hated with your last coach so um the more questions they ask the better because mm-hmm. it means they care and they think about you as an individual person rather than money and they're going to copy and paste a, a program to you right okay so the more questions on the intake form the better i guess um yeah and 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 make sure that they're not making any Really stupid claims and make sure they don't comment on your body in, <laughs> in a strange way. You're like, oh, yeah, you've got 10 kilos to lose and tapping, you know, oh, tap your stomach or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, people do that. It's terrible. <laughs> um,
0: so, you know, and it's like, I, no, like I just com- want to be able to outrun cops. I don't care. <laughs> you yeah, know, like- exactly.
1: And I like to compare it to like picking a therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're seeing a therapist right now, like, You want your trainer, you need your trainer to be compatible with you like emotionally or, uh, you know, you want to have good chemistry. Otherwise, you're not not going to want to see them and you're going to hate going and it's not going to be fun. So find someone that you can make jokes with, find someone that makes you feel comfortable and safe. Um, and if you have a couple of sessions and you're like, it's not working, um, don't be afraid to break up with your trainer mm. <laughs> like it happens all the time and I'm not offended when people stop <laughs> training with me because they be that you know we've outgrown each other or whatever reason like i want i also want to have fun when i'm at work and if i'm with someone and we're not mm. and we're clashing mm. like it's not a good day for me either so yeah. i've i'm yet to tell someone hey piss off like we're not good for each other
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> but that day will come one day i'll have to tell someone like hey i don't think we're a good fit but here's someone i recommend
0: yeah you, you know that makes sense <laughs> um is there any is there anything i've missed any any like kind of last thoughts like a question that i should have asked or
1: uh, yeah, I, I was hoping you'd, you'd ask people, like, what they can use at, at home if you're know, oh. for apocalyptic fitness training. I even had that it.
0: written down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the things that you can use at home if you don't have anything at all um, mm-hmm. are endless, like... If you're starting from scratch and you have puny muscles, don't worry. You can use two water bottles or two cans of food as dumbbells or two laundry detergent jugs or vinegar jugs, whatever you have. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are something that I use as dumbbells. Uh, What I've also been doing is filling a backpack with books. And I know all of you nerds have plenty of heavy books. So (laughs) fill fill a duffel bag or a backpack with books and then wear it either on your front or your back and you can use that for squats. You can hold it in your hand and do rows. You can do an overhead press with it. Um, I've seen other people use like a case of water bottles or a case of mm-hmm. soft drinks or whatever you can use that um to deadlift with or to, to to do a floor press if you don't have a bench you can do a lot of exercises that you would do on a bench just laying on your back on the floor um, obviously mm-hmm. you don't have the same range of motion because your elbows will touch the floor but it's mm-hmm. still doing something so you can do do that thing with it um, you can use the jugs to do kettle like kettlebell swings quote unquote um, mm-hmm. uh, you can use uh, if you have a, a, a smooth floor, like if you have tiles or like floorboards in your house that are quite slippery, you can um, put old socks on that you don't care about or put a tea T-tile under each foot and you can do like hamstring curls laying on your back mm-hmm. or you can flip over the other way and um, do sliding mountain climbers with your feet sliding a- along the floor. Um, there are so many little s- cheap things or things you don't even have to buy that are in your house to to help make your routine more dynamic and enjoyable because it does get boring all the time when you're like, okay, all I can do are squats, push-ups, and sit-ups because <laughs> yeah. I don't have any equipment. You can do other things with like small weights that you create or other body weight exercises with socks or sliders underneath your legs to make things more dynamic um, and interesting. And, you know, the, the more you stimulate the, the, the muscles with, in different ways, the better. Um, you want to target as many different muscle groups as you can, and you want to get the little, um, the little assisting muscles more than like as well as the big ones because they're really important. Like your traps, uh, they they help you.
0: I don't even know traps are Trapezoids? No, yeah. that's a st- wait, wait, the is yeah. shape.
1: <laughs> it's like the one from your neck to your shoulder um, at the at the top of your tops of your shoulders. Oh, okay. I, it's funny, I, Australians just we shorten everything. So I've come here and I'm like quads, hammies. And everyone's like, what? Your quadriceps, (laughs) your hamstrings. Anyway, um, (laughs) it's so funny how I have to pretty much speak another language to communicate with (laughs) anyone here. Um, And if I go home, you probably hear my accent, but if I go home, people are going to tell me that I sound American. Oh, that's funny. funny. Yeah. Uh, Because I have started to have to pronounce my R's. Because if I go to a bar and ask for, or when I could, (laughs) if I go ask for some water, people are like, what's water? And I'm like, oh, water. <laughs> and I'm like doing the international symbol for drink, you know, the cup towards the face. And I still don't understand that I mean water. Anyway, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so there's plenty of stuff you can use at home. Um, and, you know, uh, if you don't know how to squat, if you have poor mm-hmm. squat form, get out a seat. Like if you have a chair, a dining room chair or a, compu- a seat that's not like a wheelie seat, um, you can sit down on the seat and then stand back up again and that's how you're going to practice your squats and Hmm. all you have to do is sit down stand up without using your hands to assist you to stand back up Well, you Mm -hmm. can even do it on your couch which will be harder because it's more squishy um so there's so many household items that you can use i'm uh post i post a couple of videos about that um i did a a few at the start of quarantine on my instagram tv and i'm sure there's so many more online that you can find like what household items Mm -hmm. can you do with you know what exercises can you do with with a rubber band, or what exercises can you do with some cans? So there's plenty of stuff, and you don't need any money to to do it. Okay.
0: Yeah. When I lived in a van, I got into like the elastic bands, um, mm-hmm. just out of you know what is compact enough to fit anywhere. And so I'd be like the weird girl at the rest area, like <laughs> like wrapping the elastic band around like the pole of a pavilion and like yeah. trying to do uh, a. <laughs> I don't know, I guess it's like similar to, um, you know, I've never really used a weight bench. Um,
1: Like a row or something around the pole. Yeah. Like pulling it towards yourself.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, I've always liked the sort of weird improvised stuff. I think it's like easier for me to wrap my head around than it is for me to wrap my head around like gym equipment. And I don't know whether that's like some weird bias, but um, Uh. So, and, and if people are exercising like at home, like, um, the two things that I've, I've only kind of learned about more recently, and I'm curious your opinion about, and because they're things that I think probably should have been natural. I don't know. Uh, one is that it, when you exercise a a part of your body, you need rest days. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that true? (laughs) Well, it
1: depends on the sets and like the rep Mm -hmm. range that you're doing. So like, uh, we're going to get all sciencey for a second. I'll try mm-hmm. and make it really simple. So to train strength, you're going to be doing 8 to 12 repetitions per set. Mm-hmm. So um, to do like powerlifting uh, training or whatever, you, you're going to do even less, like 2 to 5, 2 to 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so... And if you're working on like explosivity or whatever, you're going to be doing like one to three or one to four. And so, the heavier the 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 heavier the thing that you're lifting, and the harder the work you're doing, the more hours of rest you need between each workout. So, like the shorter rep range you're doing, you're going to need maximum like 24 hours between, maybe 30 hours max. If you're Mm -hmm. you know if you're doing something super super heavy, but if you're just doing body weight exercises at home, even if you're doing a chest day, ab day, leg day, whatever, you're not going to need more than 12 hours of rest in between.
0: Okay. So
1: um, I'd like to say as well, if you're someone that's just getting into exercise, don't do the bro split like chest day, back day, whatever, because mm-hmm. you're <laughs> you're more likely to miss one of those days. And then you're going to miss an entire body group because you're not committed to doing four days a week of training. Mm-hmm. So if you only want to work out once or twice a week, make a whole body routine. So that way, if you miss a day or you miss a week, you're not skipping like leaving a body part unattended, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, it's totally fine to go like, if you're working out every day, like just try and keep it at the same time so you get a full 24 hours of rest. So if you train 6 p.m. every night, keep it at that. Don't do 6 p.m., 6 a.m. Um, but yeah, you don't really need more than a 12 to 24 hours unless you're doing some hectic, <laughs> big, heavy workout.
0: Okay. Yeah, the, the way that I could imagine this, The practical version of this, I'm going to refer to by the impractical version that I did. One summer, I uh, I decided to want to know what it was like to wear chainmail every day. Um, (laughs) so I I I had a chainmail shirt that I made and I I wore it every day and I wore it like under my like punk vest or sometimes like under a t-shirt so no one knew I was wearing (laughs) chainmail every day, Um, which is just like basically like a 15 pound t-shirt, right? Um, but all the weight's on your shoulders uh, unless you you know, get nerdy about it and make your chainmail long enough that it co- comes yeah. down to your mid thigh and then you wear a belt and then some of the weights on your waist. But, um, and I was like, you know, I was probably in my late 20s and I was like, this is going to make me so strong because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing all of the work as if, as if I was 15 pounds heavier. And it pretty much just really fucked up my back um, after a yeah. while. Um, and, and my hypothesis was that what I should have done is only wore chainmail every other day. Um, well, you're still doing it for like eight hours a day, so that's mm. quite excessive.
1: yeah, like okay. I feel like you still would have been sore even if you did every second day. Okay. But, uh, I mean <laughs> if eventually you would have just not been sore. It just would have been what your body's oh, used okay. to Okay,
0: <laughs> okay. I wasn't I sure mean, whether I was like at the like building up muscle or destroying it section and and or, then the practical version of this would be the like um for anyone who's listening who who. Is been recently wearing body armor and training in body armor for the way that the world is going. Um, yeah, you know, you want to start off small, like mm-hmm. smaller increments of time, and build it up. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't okay.
1: mo- bother worry too much about the on-off days. I'd start like with the amount of time you wear it in a row, mm-hmm. in, like start small and then increase over time.
0: Okay. That makes yeah. more sense. <laughs> I'm glad you could ask my, <laughs> answer my very specific question about yes. how to train your body to wear chainmail. Oh, um, we all know. I mean, uh, play carriers, play carriers, definitely cool stuff. Cool stuff like guns, not <laughs> dumb stuff like swords. Swords are so much cooler than guns. Um, they're not practical. Anyway. Uh, okay. Um, any other questions? Or, or or sorry, wait, that you're supposed to... I'm asking a question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is, is there anything else that I that you want to talk about that you think is important? Or?
1: I think we've, we've we've covered the basics. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot, but I'm, I'm okay. happy to end it there if you are.
0: Cool. Um, <laughs> where can people find you if they're interested in uh, seeking out your services or looking at your social media for the stuff that you put out about um, so, fitness for everybody?
1: Yeah, sure. You can check out my website, which is dibsfitness.com. So D-I-B-S fitness.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Dibs underscore PT.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell people about it. Please post about it on the internet or tell your friends in person or convince the algorithms that shouldn't run the world that they should tell other people that this is content that you enjoyed consuming as a consumer of content and you would like other people to enjoy consuming this content. Which unfortunately, the way that that happens is by sharing and retweeting and liking and subscribing and all of those things. It tells machines to tell people to listen to machines. It's really dark, and I make this fucking joke every goddamn episode, but it's sort of not a joke. It's just a really weird tension that I feel encouraging people to feed that particular machine. You can also support this podcast more directly by supporting me on Patreon. My Patreon is patreon.com slash margaretkilljoy, and uh, I use the money to pay for the subscriber, subscriber, transcriber, transcriber. I use this money to pay for the transcriber and my operating expenses. And I, I mean, I, I spend it on food and shit and I fucking live off of it. Um, and if you live off of less money than I make on Patreon, don't give me money on Patreon and you can just contact me and I'll give you access to all of that stuff for free. In particular, I'd like to thank Cat J, the compound, Shane, Christopher, Sam, Natalie, Willow, Kirk, Haas the dog, Nora and Chris for supporting me. And I really appreciate it uh, more than I can easily express in a podcast that goes out to people. I guess I should probably just uh, extend that appreciation to you more directly. Uh, But thank you. (laughs) It, It really means a lot to me. And you can also find me on the internet. You can follow me on Facebook. No, don't follow me on Facebook. I mean, I guess you can, but I kind of ignore a lot of friend requests. That's really awkward to say on air. I just i don't know facebook is a cesspool um but you can follow me on instagram at margaret killjoy or on twitter at magpie Kildroy and yeah you can do that thanks for listening i hope you're doing as well as you can